Hey friends, welcome back to the last episode for the month of June as we talk about the gospel at work. And today we are going to talk about how to handle difficult bosses and co-workers. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> If you are looking for specific strategies, so like, okay, uh, if you're looking for, say, okay, this is what you do when somebody says this, or this is what you do when somebody is, uh, is treating you this way and that. If you're looking for sort of these specific strategies, then you're going to be pretty disappointed because this is not that. And that's okay. So the chapter is a little bit misleading, but it's more about what should your attitude be? look like what are really what are the marks of a christian in the workplace and yeah what should it's not so it's not so much trying to control the behaviors of others in the workplace but how to control your own attitude you may not be able to change or you cannot change your boss, if he is demeaning and perhaps might be very impatient or verbally abusive, you cannot change a coworker who is always grumbling and complaining and isn't doing all of his work, which puts more work on your shoulders and the shoulders of others. You can't always change people. And so what does it look like to be a Christian in the workplace when you've might have some of those frustrations going on. So they give several different marks. And because what's important is being a Christian, staying a Christian, being distinct from the world in the workplace. And I love this one thing that they that they say in the book. And that is the way you treat other people should be colored by a vivid realization that God is watching. <laughs> God is watching you. So when others treat us poorly in the workplace, uh, I, I when I say us, I guess I mean you, because <laughs> uh, thankfully, praise the Lord, I, I don't experience that now. I don't experience anyone treating me poorly in the workplace in ministry, uh, though I have certainly experienced that at different times in ministry, but I am not Thankfully, praise the Lord, not in a season where I am experiencing that right now. So when I say us, I guess I mean you. <laughs> so here's Mark 1. Here's one, your, the first Mark. I guess they're not really in a particular order, but here's a Mark. And that is a determination not to complain. So this is how you show yourself distinct from everyone else. This is how you remain a Christian in the workplace when sometimes it might be hard to not be a Christian and you want to sort of retaliate and you want to join others in complaining and grumbling. And the first is to be determined not to complain. And Philippians in Philippians chapter 2, there is a command there that most Christians probably hate because it is a commandment that most Christians don't keep very well. <laughs> and I, I speak for myself also. 
but there's a command there in Philippians 2 to do everything without grumbling or complaining. <laughs> uh, does that convict you? <laughs> but boy, how often do we grumble and do we complain about things? And the Bible says, don't grumble or complain. <laughs> so this is how you show yourself to be a Christian in the workplace is not complaining, not grumbling, even though you might have every reason and you might be justified in complaining and grumbling. Don't do it. Resist the urge. Don't itch. The, don't scratch that itch. Refuse to do so. Avoid it. Resist it. Turn away from it. Change your mind. Another is happy submission to authority. It's a second mark. Right, it's easy to submit to our bosses when they give you respect, when they treat you kindly and fairly, they give you the work that you really like to do. But do you have that same attitude when he might not treat you kindly or he might not give you the kind of work that you really like? Do you still show a happy submission to authority? The third mark is an unfeigned humility which is not seeing anything as beneath you. You know, not having this attitude where you might say, well, uh, that's, not, that's not my job title. I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing more managerial work. This is, this is the stuff for everybody else. And here I am. My boss is giving me this. And he says, I have to do this. Like, this is beneath me. No, it's, it's, that's not the kind of attitude you should have. Instead, Philippians tells us, adopt this same attitude that was in Christ Jesus, who, and it gives us an example, how Jesus came into the world, became as a man, put on human flesh, and died on the cross, right? To learn from the example of humility in Jesus Christ, to not just learn from it, but imitate it. Imitate that same humility in the workplace. And then Mark 4 Godly competitiveness. It's not bad to be competitive. I remember when I was working in Louisville, and uh, we would get competitive at times. And I worked for this this quilt making factory, and we would cut up T-shirts. And I would always try to not always. Sometimes I was just too tired, and sometimes I will admit that I was given more to idleness. But there was uh, there were many days where I would try to work hard and try to. Uh, increase my productivity and others we and and the, and the work actually fostered this this really healthy culture of competitiveness but make sure that it's a godly competitiveness so if you are you know don't be competitive in such a way that you're sort of arrogant about it or obnoxious about it we've all have experiences i think with people who are very competitive and just obnoxious about it and they just can't tolerate losing at all I think that's an idol <laughs> for some, but, you know, in godly competitiveness, if you have that in the workplace, you know, strive to do as best you can. And if you don't make it, that's fine. And congratulate those who outperformed you. So think about those marks in the workplace. And let's conclude with chapter nine, which is how can I share the gospel at work? For a Christian, you know, working in a secular field, we've all been there. You know, how, what does it look like to share the gospel? How do I share the gospel with people? And uh, and in some situations, in some workplace, it is easier than others. Now, I would, 
it's probably harder than ever because most people are working remotely. You're not working in a team. You're not working with people who are next to you in a cubicle or in a table or in an office. You're not seeing people regularly at, in your coffee breaks or in lunch breaks or coming in and out of the building as you come to work and leave work. So it's uh, it's it's got to be harder now than it ever has been before. And so I, I guess because of COVID, it's probably I guess it's it's uh, not prevented, but I guess hindered evangelism in the workplace. While I value being able to work from home, I guess there's pros and cons. But anyways, uh, probably getting uh, getting distracted here. But how do you, you know, if you had the opportunities like that to work around others, how do you share the gospel with people? And what I like about, what I appreciate about this chapter is that it, it, there's an emphasis on relationships, which is incredibly important in New England. Right, you gotta work through layers of ice <laughs> uh, to uh, to to get someone to to trust you, uh, to get somebody to feel comfortable with you, and that just takes time. It takes dedication. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And so, just have it in your mind that this is going to take some time, and that's okay. Have a category remind that this is going to be a slow process. So, how can you? And I guess this is about how to make opportunities to share the gospel with people. So first, just do good work as a Christian. Right? You want to have conversations about the gospel with people. Well, do good work. Right? Are are, are you doing good work? Are you showing up? Is the quality of your work great? You know, or are you idle? Are you lazy? Are you always grumbling and complaining? If you do those things, then you're not really putting yourself in a good position to have gospel conversations with people, right? How 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 could you ever say to somebody that you are a Christian if you've been a terrible co-worker, right? It's almost better to not admit that you are a Christian, <laughs> But just do good work because then that way your good work is, is, serves as a uh, as sort of, a, as a, I guess, a kind of witness. You know, that in other words, when somebody says that they are, that you are, when, when you say that you are a Christian, somebody should not be surprised because you've already been backing it up by being a good and faithful worker yourself. Number two, Learn to put God on the table. You know, be confident. Uh, let people know that you are a Christian. You know, don't, sometimes, and, and they actually say this in this book, that sometimes we go out of our way not to give people an opportunity to ask us, uh, or to not to ask us, but to, we sometimes go out of our way as to not create any opportunities for us to tell people that we are Christian. But we we shouldn't. We should be natural about it. We should be confident about it. We should let people know. You know, if somebody asks you what you did for the weekend, just tell them, hey, I did this and this, and I went to church, 
right? Don't and if that leads to something more, great. If it doesn't, that's fine as well. At least they then know that hey, this person goes to church, you know. And they might ask, well, that what, what kind of church? Well, do you are you a Christian, you know? Or you could just say, well, at the during the weekend I did this and this, and you know, and and, and uh, because I am a Christian, I, I went to church as well. And so don't be uh, don't be ashamed to say that. Uh, thirdly, build relationships beyond the office. That's what they would add. You know, try to to get to know people. You know, get to know them. Ask them what they like to do. Show a genuine care for them. Don't just get to know people just for the sake of hearing the gospel. I mean, and that sounds really bad, but and that but what I mean is that don't get to know people only for the sake of sharing the gospel with people. In that sense, you're seeing relationships as a means to an end, but genuinely care about people, care about them, get to know them, be genuine about wanting to know more about their life. People, people like to talk about <laughs> themselves. This is what, uh, this is somebody close to me tells me this all the time, you know, that people enjoy talking about themselves. They may not necessarily be selfish, but people do like, sharing things generally speaking maybe not there are exceptions of course uh, fourthly use the witness of the church and I, I really appreciate this point as well because what this means is you know if you have a, you have some kind of get together you have uh, a, a guy's night or you're getting some ladies together from the church to go to this thing or to watch a movie hey invite your co-worker as well hey would you want to come to this we have this going on you know and what I appreciate about that idea is that you are inviting other brothers and sisters to know this person as well so that you're not, at least for that moment, you're not the only one trying to share the gospel with this person. And you're inviting this person into Christian fellowship. You are inviting them in to see what gospel relationships look like. Right? Assuming that there are these are gospel relationships that you are a part of. There are some relationships out there in churches where people get together and it's no different than the rest of the world. But no, the, our Christian fellowship has to look like a Christian fellowship. It has to look different from the world. And so these provide great opportunities for people to see what Christian fellowship looks like. And hopefully they will see that there's something different about this that they don't have in their own lives, that they don't see anywhere else. And, and, you know, be intentional about it. If you have other people, you know, if you have several people coming, let them know, or at least let one or two people know, like, hey, I have this coworker who's coming and I've been having conversations with this person and I would appreciate if, you know, you would just take the time uh, during our, 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 our gathering just to get to know them, uh, approach them, get to know and introduce yourself. So at least that way, I'm not the only Christian that, or Christian person that they know. So in that sense, it's 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 communal. It's community evangelism. In that sense, community evangelism I think can be very effective evangelism, and it just alleviates the burden of the person who might feel intimidated by it. So that it's not just doing it alone. If that makes sense. Well, I hope that you have found this helpful. And there are other chapters that I thought were really practical. And this is 
this is it's just a, it's it's a good book. It is over 130 over 140 pages and it's easy to read and if you're desirous of knowing more, I would encourage you to to pick it up. This is The Gospel at Work by Sebastian Traeger and Greg Gilbert. I'm going to talk about Reimagine Retirement by C.J. Cagle. I think I'm pronouncing that right. C-A-G-L-E. So for those of you who are not working but are enjoying retirement, then this book is for you. But this is also for anyone who is still working. And, you know, how do you think about retirement? What are you looking to do? How do you envision your retirement? So I hope that this book will be helpful for all of us, whether we are in a season of retirement or not, and just thinking about retirement from a biblical perspective. So I am looking forward to that, and I hope that you are as well. 